The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't All right, we're back for our Pints and Provisions podcast. We are coming at you live from Lombard, all the way out in yep. delicious and uh, lovely Lombard, suburbia here in Chicago. I drove all the way from downtown to come out here just for so this. So far. Just for this. So far. All right, this is Evan. Uh, we got a whole host of characters around the table. Daniel, thanks for coming with us for this thanks journey. Thanks for showing up. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Tim is right next to Daniel. Mark. Happy birthday. Thank you. He's across from me, and then Phil is to my right. Welcome. Thanks for having me. From all the way next door. From all the way next door. So we're hanging out in Dan's garage, and we popped a really light and easy drinking beer. What do we got? Uh, This is a 2017 barrel-aged Abraxas from Perennial Ales in St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. And... uh, it's amazing. Everything I expected. Weigh, Everything and more. Weighing in at 11%. Yeah, yeah. it's a big guy. Yeah, it's, it's a really big guy. Good. Really good. With the pretty gold wax. Really pretty gold wax. Yeah. So we'll just do our beers of the week to start off with. Mine, I had the Jester King Spawn Muscat, uh, which was their spontaneous fermented from 2017, which was re-fermented on Muscat grapes. Nice, light. It was, a, it was a good one to start the, yeah. the the Friday night off after a long week. So pretty good. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Uh, mine would be Strawberry Marbles from Moore, which is a strawberry milkshake IPA from Moore over in Villa Park. Just really smooth, drinkable, really high quality IPA. Just delicious. Quality. Yeah. Mine would be uh, Gummy Apocalypse from Noon Whistle. I love all the gummy series, but New England style IPA, I think it's 7.2, so not too bad. It's great. You can have one with dinner, maybe not two or three, but right. it's a favorite of mine. Nice. <coughs> all right. For me, I cracked a Oscar Blues Barrel Age 1050. Oh, I love that beer. Yep, great beer. Um, was it as boozy as I thought it was going to be? Uh, it was 12.9%, so uh, one one was enough, but uh, just like kind of a nice caramel Caramel notes, chocolate, a little coffee, and obviously barrel. It was nice. Comes in the tall boy can, so it's really easy to drink by yourself too, right? Yeah. <laughs> put it down, it's real, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say uh, Deep Space, double IPA by Half Acre. Tried it for the first time last week. A little over 10%, but very, very good. Strong, but 
It was nice. 10%. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a one beer a night kind it of was. thing. Yeah. Where I'm feeling especially, pretty, like, then it makes bath time with the kids a lot more fun. That's a bomber, right, too? So especially in a double oh, IPA, geez, you're geez. like, yeah, it's enough. That's like slamming that's a four-pack right there. Yeah. Like I said, you know, hopefully then kids don't drown in the tub. You know, they're clean, but, you know. You watching the kids? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they're already asleep. kind of. <laughs> that's a good time to do it. Yeah, it's good to be up here. What we, we were talking about, it was two years that we met, at least Daniel yep, and I met, yep. um, as uh, maybe some of our listeners know, but not, that Mark and Daniel are uh, in-law, brother-in-laws. BILs. BILs, brother-in-laws. Yeah. So they know, they've known each other for a long time. But we were up here two years ago for the first time to do a little bit of uh, beer drinking for um, a wonderful fall evening. I think the Cubs were playing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really care. Either. Probably, yeah. outdoors. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. And that was that was a lot of fun. Seems right. Yeah, um, but this time, you know, we're just uh, it just worked out that all of us came up here. I know some some of which have been part of celebrating Mark's birthday. This young guy over here. Ooh, so, so, yep. All right. Um, Thirty nine. Come on, bro. Come on, Tim. <laughs> Easy, bud. Oh man. Easy, bud. You're making me drink tonight. Thirty nine. Yeah. All right, so we we'll do a little beer trivia and see how this goes. See how uh, smart we can sound or dumb we can sound. So there's there's four categories. Yep. So we have beer 101, pub crawl, beerology, and then buzzwords. So we'll go in order here. We'll go around the table. We'll just ask the question and see what everybody thinks. So let's go with beer 101 to start. We can see the answer. Oh yeah, we can see the answers if you hold it like that. <laughs> Next card. Shouldn't have told me. <laughs> True or false? Uh, a growler is a 19th century slang for a bar bouncer. False. I'll also say false. 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 All false. Yep, correct. A growler was usually tin container used to carry out orders of beer from taverns. In the, okay, that sounds about like today. Great. <laughs> tin? Tin cans. Tin yeah. cans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Question two. Hopefully these take Wait, a little longer. What, what's the category? Yeah. Pub crawl. Okay. Do I have to do I have to um, answer in the form of a question? You do not. Okay. If you order bitter in a British pub, you'll most likely get A, a beer tap directly from the cask, B, a porter, C, the first pour from a new keg, or D, a bottle of beer with lemon. That's a good question. One more time. I guess I can, Tim. I can still see the answer. <laughs> if you order, <laughs> if you order a bitter in a British pub, but now you're not. You'll up in most the mic. likely get a beer tap directly from the cask, a porter, the first pour from a new keg, or a bottle of beer with lemon. I'm gonna say A. I'll go with D. I'll go with A. B, porter. It's A. Boom. Traditional bitter beer is served in pubs directly from the cask, whether it's behind the bar or in the cellar of the pub. The key to bitter is cask conditioning in which the beer continues to evolve. As it rests in the cask with yeast, no filtering here, it tends to be barely carbonated and best shrunk at a cellar temperature. Most British pubs serve at least one bitter and sometimes several. Yeah. You I like that style, personally. Yeah, and you don't see a lot of not a lot breweries of breweries these yeah. days do a lot of casks, but they should do more of them. Yeah, 
If you talk to someone from over the pond, they tell you that's how it's meant to be drunk. Yeah. Oh. Well, they they started drinking far before we did, so they're better sure. at it. Well, they were there long they, before we yeah. were yes. here, so <laughs> also that true. Helps. Also true. That. What do you guys think of the beer so far? Um, it's not thin, not at all. I get a lot of cinnamon. Yeah, look at that. Just yeah. swirling the glass. It's good. I mean, it's just coating, and it's got you can see little specks of cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon sticks. Do you think they use? I'll say this. I. Or is it the uh, regular Abraxas? Yeah. And What's the booze on this is kind of mutes the the cinnamon a little bit, which mm-hmm. I like. And you, it's a little bit more boozy, but definitely thick. It's nice. What's yeah? The, uh, when we talked about opening this beer tonight, I'm like, Tim, because this is probably your like non barrel aged number one beer, probably I would say, right? Yeah. Like every time Abraxas comes out year round, Tim's like on it. He's like, anybody, like, let's get tickets, let's stand in line. And so when we decided to open this one tonight, I'm like, Tim's got a beer for this because he's never had it. Right? No, never. So not a lot of people have. Yeah, it's hard to get. Abraxas is getting a little easier to get. Yeah, regular. Regular Abraxas. Yeah, I've never even seen. Yeah. Now you can you can actually find it in the grocery stores at least here in Illinois. Um, Peoria, I know. I think I pulled mine off of. I mean, I was there at the right time when they kind of released it, but right. wasn't the line. Didn't have to, to really wait for it. But if I think you would have waited a couple of days, you wouldn't have been able to get it. The package at Perennial is actually a pretty solid package. Because you get two regulars, a vanilla, and a coffee for 100 bucks. Oh, yeah. I'd go for that coffee. Mm-hmm. Coffee or bra- anything with coffee. All right. Phil, what do you think? I think it's great. Uh, I'm usually not a big stout guy, but this is smooth and the cinnamon is nice. It, Feels like something you want to drink all holiday season, maybe. Yeah, Just it's like, like a outside. Dessert. It's a holiday dessert. Yeah. Yeah, definitely dessert. Perfect way to say it. So, Evan, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the cinnamon sticks. What are the ways that everybody's putting cinnamon in beers? Or is it cinnamon sticks, or is it the uh, like, what's the uh, cassian uh, bark? Cassia bark. Cassia bark. <laughs> McCormick's like <laughs> ground shaking. cinnamon. Just tons of <laughs> yeah, shaking. Right. Yeah. I bet it's mostly cinnamon sticks. Yeah. Cinnamon sticks? Yeah. Because okay. they'll be easy to remove or keep out of. They won't clog filters. It'll be plenty. Is that um, like more uh, readily available versus like the bark, do you think? Much kind of like our conversation about vanilla extract versus vanilla bean. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know of any. There's not cinnamon. I, is, is cinnamon extract a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would assume that. Cinnamon sticks are relatively easy to get, okay. so they're relatively easy to put Easier in a beer. Beans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got some gourmet Peruvian, oh no, Papa New Guinean. Tahitian, right? Tahitian, Tahitian gourmet vanilla yeah. beans that are going to go in my stout when I get home. Yeah. So just slit those things down the side. I might throw it in a little, little thing with some bourbon so they can kind of soak it up, and then you throw that in there. We'll see. It's been sitting in my fermenter now for... Two months. Evan, so. Evan's the master brewer of the uh, of the group. I got it from Mark. Mark used it. It's Costco, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 God bless Costco. The co. <laughs> the co. I've, I've like done a, a couple of the uh, French presses. You know, the poor man's version of it turned out great. Yeah. yeah, that's a good sign. So, how many how many of those did you use for the French press? I mean, just I just pulled one out. Just one of them. Yeah. Were and, there like four of them in there? Oh, uh, there's more than that. I think. Five. There's a big number five <laughs> on the front, so there's five beans. That'll, pro- that'll be enough for your. So I think it'll be plenty. Yeah. 
ton yeah. of, a ton of oil presence in the mm-hmm. vanilla. Yeah, just, be just make sure you really like open them up and split them really well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've never I've never played around with one, so it'll be a new endeavor. So. Yeah, I'm I'm all game for putting vanilla in it. All the time. Hopefully, hopefully it uh, it's it the rivals. Last one was awesome. The coffee was amazing. Never, I still I should have brought some more up for you. I think I yeah. have one. I think I still have one. Yeah. I popped one uh, down in Tennessee with uh, the group that I was bike riding with, and it went over really well. And it's still he bikes like a thousand good. miles over a it's, week. No. No. Like no. 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 Okay, gross. He smokes yeah. meat. Why don't you guys just go? Got, not as same. good as that guy. <laughs> not as good hey, as that guy. Get a room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, what do you got? <laughs> All right. Transition. Awkward. Beerology. Awkward. Beerology. He's awkward. We can still see awkward. the answer. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's Beer cans weren't invented until 1933. It took so long because of A, prohibition, B, sour beer, C, exploding beer, or D consumer resistance. The the can. Can we blame Obama? Can nineteen thirty three. I'm gonna go with uh, D. I think people were resistant to it. Uh, C. Still? Exploding beer. Okay. What were the other? What were the choices? Read them to me again. Prohibition. Prohibition. Sour beer. Exploding beer. Consumer resistance. Probably consumer res- resistance. Mm-hmm. C. Mm-hmm. Exploding beer. Exploding oh, beer. Billy and Tim with the win. Cans have been around since the 19th century, but carbonated beer needed packaging that would resist 80 pounds of pressure per square inch. In 1933, using special lining, the Kruger Beer Company of Newark, New Jersey, shipped 2,000 cans of special keg line beer. They came equipped with instructions on making punch holes in the can with an opener. The cans were made of heavy tin or steel. Aluminum wasn't used for beer cans until Coors introduced it in 59. Coors. Coors. Banquet beer. Coors. Bailed it. The banquet beer. Coors. Coors. The beer you eat with a fork. I think you could, you could use a fork on this beer. Yeah, you could. Who's that guy? The guy that does the commercials from Roadhouse who... Has like the, the mustache. The and, dude. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, he was he was in Lebowski, right? He was the guy at the, um, the guy the guy sitting at the bar, talking to Lebowski. Yeah, I'm blanking on it. He's got a big push broom mustache. Are you talking about yeah. the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty famous actor. Wait, are you talking about? He's got a um, booming voice. Sam. Sam. Yeah, Sam. Sam uh, I think you're right. No, it's terrible. No. no. Yeah, Sam well. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sam Houston State. Uh, <laughs> Sam something. Yeah. Sam. Let's call him Sam. Samsonite. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was way off. Swimmy, swimmy. I was way off. Okay, All right, next buzzwords. Question. Go. Buzzword. Next question. Buzzword. Don't let us see the back. A Trojan horse is a cocktail of Guinness mixed okay. with cola. True or false? Yes, that guy. Yeah, what's his name? This makes for great radio. It's not Sam Houston. He really, he like Sam shows Elliott. us the phone like, hey, it was Sam, Sam Houston. Sam Elliott. Like, this is definitely not Sam Houston, man. Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. Yeah, all right. Okay. A Trojan horse is a cocktail of Guinness mixed with cola. True or false? 
Trojan horse. I'm going to say false. I don't think that's what that's called, is it? I feel like it would be more uh, popular if it was any good or I would know what it is. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say false. I like I've, been to false. A, I've been to a lot of bars. False. <laughs> it's true. Hey, um, Tim. Half pint of, of Guinness and a half pint of cola. Yuck. Then you get a Trojan horse. There's a lot more to read, but yeah. nothing no, more no, to no, say. No, no, no. Just move on. Nothing more yeah. to say. Move on. All right, let's go in the opposite direction. So we'll do buzzwords again. Okay. We should open another beer soon. Don't show us yeah, the right. answer. Yeah, don't show us the answer. When discussing beer nose, refers to A, the head of the beer, the color of the beer, the aroma of the beer, or the bitterness of the beer. And come on, guys. Yes. Aroma. Yeah, come on. Yes. I was trying to think yes. of a funny Ryan joke. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's like, uh, smell. Well, you know, you... You don't want to ruin your nose by smoking wearing cologne. Too much cologne. Or too heavy a body wash don't, or soap. Don't uh, drink any hot coffee. Shower or have too a, hotly. Yeah. Spicy food the night before. Yeah. Don't go get Thai food the <laughs> night before. Those are the rules that Ryan has laid out. You can check out episode six. A long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll let you know. He let out very specific. He rules. is not here to defend himself, so he is going so to be pile on. We pile on. Yeah. Pile on. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one because um, I want Dan to be able to participate, and I'm not gonna show the back of the card. Fill in the blank. Grapes are to wine as blank are to beer. A hops, B grains, C yeasts, D sugars. This hops, grains, for yeasts, you. or sugars. <clears throat> I'm gonna say grains. Sugars. Grains. It is. It is grains. It is grains. There you go. Grains like grapes are the basic ingredient in beers. Without grains, mainly barley, sometimes wheat, corn, or rice yeast would have nothing to ferment. We're gonna go around the table and ask. Yeah, questions let's, I like that. Phil's got a question. For All us. right, the category is pub crawl. Mm. If you want a rich chocolate tasting beer, you should order. A Yuhu, B Stout, C Bach, D Trappist Ale. I'm gonna go with Stout. Stout. Mm. I feel like this is kind of a trap question. I'm gonna go no, with the Stout. It's not a trap. But there's a lot of chocolate flavored box. But I'll stick with Stout. Tim. Yes. Yeah. There are a lot of chocolate bo- it's, uh, box though. There are. I agree. All right. Category beer. 101. True or false, low calorie or light beer was introduced to consumers in 1977. True or false? Oh, like Kerr's Light and Bud Light? <laughs> Bud? Bulai? It's a Bud Light. It took him that long to come. Would you out. like a Bud Light? I would say false. I think it's earlier than that. Yeah, I'll say yeah, false. Yeah, I think as well. it's got to be earlier than that. Correct. False. False. Um, we're looking at 1967, uh, Rheingold Brewery introduced a, a diet beer. Did they call it diet? <laughs> oh, yes, it says diet. Diet beer. Ooh, you mean like Michelob Ultra? It lasted for a month. <laughs> so you can work out after it? Yep. I saw the Corona now has like one of those low-calorie beers. So Ultra or something. Corona something. Premier? Yeah. Corona, Premier. Pr- yeah, Corona Premier. It's Michelob. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Michelobara. 
Like a Michelada? All right, beer 101. Which one of these is not a fictional beer from a television show? Oh, yes. Shots, Buzz, Duff, Blatz. Blatz. Blatz is a real beer. Blatz is a real beer. Yeah. It's going to be Blatz. We all know where Duff comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And then what are the first? Two? What oh, were the first? Yeah. There was Buzz, and what was the first one? Shots. Shots. The answer. The answer will have it for us. It's Blatz, right? It's got to be because it's real. Yeah. I, that's amazing that you got that it's a real beer so quickly. I didn't know it was a real beer. But well, I mean, Blatz was the beer that made Milwaukee famous yeah. in the 1850s. Yeah, it's still around. I mean, wasn't still wasn't wasn't Mark's that? Mark's almost 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my first beer. <laughs> was it? Wasn't that there? Wasn't that their motto was Milwaukee's first beer? Yeah, or the beer that made or the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Right. Yeah, it's the real life counterpart of Shots beer as portrayed on the sitcom Laverne and Shirley. Oh, Shots, huh? That was Laverne. Duck is what Homer Simpson both sits on and drinks. What was Buzz? Buzz, the fictional beer that contains caffeine as well as alcohol, was homebrewed by Drew Carey's character on the Drew Carey Show. Oh. They have a secondary question. What was Buzz's official motto? Oh, yeah. Now that's Kool Aid. What's Kool Aid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a dude that blasts through a wall. (laughs) Stay up all night and drink. Oh, yeah. Sounds fun. I think you could do that now with Red Bull and vodka. Yeah. You don't do that with beer, definitely. No. No. Red Bull and beer. That's got to be a name. Tim's done. Okay. Mark's almost done. All right. I think we should pop the, uh, we were going to do the PNA. Yeah. Nice. PNA. We're going to stick St. Louis yeah. style with side project. Big curveball, though, from what we just had. <laughs> Big curveball. Big curveball. So, Phil, you're, I think, a bit new to the craft beer game, right? So, you've had some stouts. Yeah, I mean, We've shared some since you moved in six months ago. Correct. Just about um, exactly. Like literally next door, not like two houses next literally door. Literally next door. Could not get any closer. Okay. Could not be better <laughs> is what he means. So you watch Dan like do the dishes at night? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just creep on him all the time and, you know, it's so stare fun. through the it's window. It's so great. It's Although so great. he was the first person to say like, you guys seem to, you know, your lights go off really early. Yeah. Right? You go to bed real early. <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is past Phil's bedtime, guys. Oh. Sometimes with uh, so anyways, little kids. So we've had some stouts. We've done some IPAs. We've had IPAs. We've had some big stuff. I'll tell you right now, like, this is going to be a curveball, man. Big this is a ball. sour upon. I mean, oh. <laughs> so we've had we've had a number of sours from Side Project. We've had the Pulling ne- Pulling Nails series, three four, or four five six or three four six. We've had them I don't here. Remember. Oh, like almost all of them. A, here. I mean, they are no. This is going to be like a. In all of them are pucker, different. It's going to pucker you a little bit. Okay. And all of them, good. all of the, all of them are different. And I've said this before on a podcast, but pulling nails refers to the uh, practice of when you're barrel aging any kind of beer. They have nails uh, into the barrel that they can just quickly pull to take samples off of. Mm-hmm. Instead of having like a spout on the barrel, they have some nails in it, so they just pull a nail. It little, allows little fine stream. It allows a little yeah. fine stream, and they can replace it. So that's what the term "pulling nails" comes from. Uh, this is a hundred percent barrel aged. Uh, oh shoot! Nope. Well, yes, it's this is the wine barrel refermented Missouri Wild Ale. Where's our? Here it is. Blend Eight is a union of the 
Method Traditional Beer, which is basically American Lambics, um, inoculated in our cool ship, spontaneously fermented, aged in French oak punchins for three years, and a small portion of the one-year-old Missouri Saison, which was then blended, re-fermented on raspberries and cherries, and naturally conditioned this bottle for months. Wow. Ooh, so I'm going there you go. There. I, I, I kind of wish we had a video podcast on Phil's face. The first sip here, because I'm telling you, when we first had, I think it was Pulling Nails 4, I was like, I mean, it was like, oh my goodness. I was not expecting that color. That's the raspberries. But it's like... And cherries. And cherries. This is going to be... Maybe we'll just take... We'll take a this video. This is going to be nice. We'll post it on the Facebook page. <laughs> Everyone gets a look at Phil. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be tart. Right. But it's probably going to have... Warned. A ton yeah, we've of talked about this on... told me like it's going to be really smooth and I would not... We've talked about this on Podcast Pass, though. When you... It's really easy to get a sour wrong. It's really it's it's easy it's easy to get a sour wrong because so many breweries do sours. Uh, I, I wouldn't say the wrong way, but they just do it differently. Yeah. So, you know, you have a lot of people who are they're polarized on the topic of sours or on the taste of sours, where they're like, "Man, I really love this," or "I I really absolutely hate it." And I was one of those guys that I, I hated them. Until I tasted a really good one for the first time, um, and these are like astonishingly good. Yeah, um, they're different in in a way that's like sort of blows your mind a little bit, but in in a way where you're like, okay, now I get why people chase these, they pay for them, and they they, they run after them. Yeah, it's kind of an East Coast thing, right? Isn't that where it's really popular? Sours, New York, probably where it started. But I tell you what, for Looking at one of the best sour makers, Side Project, there, yep. there in St. Louis is definitely going to be one of your premier, and West Coast does too, but I definitely think it's moved to be a much more universal. Yeah. Um, you, have, you have some flagship ones, in my opinion, kind of spread out all over the country. Yeah. DeGard comes to mind, West Coast, obviously. You have Austin, Texas, where Jester, Jester King, King is. You know, Midwest here, we have uh, Side Project. Um, I'm trying to think who else we have uh, East Coast. What would be a good representation? Um, I know, like, let's say, like, Oklahoma has American Solera. They're a pretty good wild maker. Um, East well, Coast. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, you always have to have a place that's uh, temperature-wise and weather-wise is going to be able to do spontaneous. So they'll basically take a wart which is what sugar like kind of the start of beer sugar water and it'll be in this very very it looks like a really shallow pool and they'll often have them in like their um upstairs or attics and they'll open up the windows they'll have this and they'll just whatever blows through the the windows at night is kind of what inoculates the beer and starts eating the sugars and turning it into so like that alcohol and you could take that same recipe and not duplicate it somewhere else because it's unique to the area that you know the everything that's coming through the windows basically Yeah. yeah and then what they'll do is then they'll start blending so they'll take some from one years two years and three years blend them together and they'll keep moving everything down that's what a solera is called that's sort of the process of taking you know, barrels from the top and start blending them down. Uh, it's quite a process. 
and you know Corey King there at Side Project is probably you know, one of the the most premier guys at doing it, um, but it definitely is one of those styles now that's much more popular than it used to be. One and, other, one other one to give a shout out would be uh, Fanta Flora. Fanta Flora. Yeah, they're North, in North, Appalachia. Yep, yeah, North yeah. Carolina. Well, um, and also South Carolina, I think, right with Westbrook, or is that North Carolina? Westbrook Brewing. South Carolina. Okay. But they have the um, uh, Key Lime Ghosts. Yeah, Key Lime Ghosts. They're just like salted ghosts is amazing. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. The um, traditional, so the the Americans have coined this phrase method traditional because technically for it to be a lambic, it has to come from Belgium. And there are certain criteria that have to be met with what ingredients they use and how they make it. And so you can't call any American sour or wild age beer or wild beer a uh, lambic. So like Jester King coined the phrase. Yeah, I'm getting the nerd look over there from Daniel. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> uh, but it's it's fascinating. And I will tell you if Wait, uh, here we go. For, here goes Phil for all the locals. Distill here mm. in Illinois. I've had much worse bitter beer faces mm. or sour faces. Distill here in Illinois was in Craft Beer Brewing and Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine's top 15 sour makers in the country. Mm. So Distill made the list. Wow. Now that's that magazines and their editors and their writers, but that was a pretty good shout out to a Central Illinois brewery. How'd you like it, Phil? What'd you think? Yeah, I mean. I can I agree with Dan earlier. Like I I don't drink sours and never had one I really enjoyed. But this is different. Um, it's definitely got like a tang to it, but I can t- I can take it. It's it's pretty good. Whoa, it's different. Yeah, but can you uh, imagine like can you imagine buying this for yourself? Like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this myself, drinking no, the whole no, thing. No. <laughs> can you imagine this the way it would make you feel at the end? I mean, you're like <laughs> couldn't taste anything else. Oh, <laughs> like just like the way that like. Your stomach, like, just, yeah. No, this kind of beer is meant to be shared. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's like I'm very intrigued by. It. No, it has a Good lot stuff. of lingering like acidity on your tongue. Lots of acidity. This, lot this, of is, this is much less a punch in the face than pulling nails. Pulling nails. I think it was four. Is it th- four? Four that was like all lemon, all citrus. You're just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, it was like, like your face turned inside out. Yeah. It was so sour. But then it didn't like that initial hit was that feeling of inside out. But then you're like, okay, this is really good. It's kind of pleasant. It's sour. good. Yeah. yeah, it's right? like, yeah. I think the, I think the that that fruit series is going to please a lot of people though. Raspberries and cherries. Yeah. Like those. It's hard to miss that one. No. You know, we we've talked though. Um, probably our favorite fruits are more of the stone fruits. Nectarines, apricots, peaches. But uh, a close second would be the the raspberries and the cherries for sure. Yeah, can't ever go wrong with those either. Right. All right, I think we're up for another uh, round of questions. Yeah, we gotta let these sit for a minute. And so are we on beer one hundred and one? Doesn't uh, matter. Through it. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. All right. Which famous person said, "Beer is proof that God loves us and wants one. us to be happy." I know that one. Yeah. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Yes. <laughs> yep, Ben. Don't even read them. It was not. Next question. Could have left it open-ended. Pub yeah. crawl. It's Ben Franklin. We it all knew that. It wasn't Chevy Chase. <laughs> it was or, or Homer Simpson. <laughs> nor John Belushi. The second best of the Belushi brothers. 
I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. What country is home to the largest beer tankard in the world? Tankard? Tankard. A, Poland. B, Australia. C, Belgium. Or D, Germany. Belgium. Germany was the first thing that popped in my head, just thinking like massive scale, so I'm going to go with that. I'd I'd go with the Germans. Belgium. Poland. Poland. Representing the homeland. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, (laughs) the largest beer tankard is displayed at the shopping center in Poznan, Poland. The ginormous, actually written here, bronze receptacle is 17 feet, 8 inches tall, with a circumference of of 27 feet, 6 inches, and can hold more than 1,539 gallons of your favorite beer. There's a reason to visit Poland. In 2007, the record-breaking tankard was filled with a delicious Polish pilsner and served to thousands of thirsty shoppers. Ooh. I hope I guess they like to drink when they shop there. I hope thousands with 1,500 gallons. (laughs) I hope 10,000. Yeah. For goodness sake. All right. I I, I want Dan to be able to have a little fun here. So I'll read I'm having no fun right now. No fun. (laughs) I'll give give your voice a break. Thank you. All right. This is just a true or false buzzwords. The English word cash comes from the ancient Sumerian word for beer. How is cash spelled? C-A-S-H. Cash. Cash. My best friends call me cash. I'll say true. Sure. All right. It's false. Oh, it is true. The Sumerian, true. The, the Sumerians true. so valued beer that they used it to barter. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Came from the root word cas, developed into cash. All right, there you go. Put your money where your mouth is. I actually had one. Uh, oh, sorry. Here. Oh, yeah, I don't know where it go. came from. So, um, Beer 101. Which country has the highest consumption of beer per capita? A, the Czech Republic. <coughs> B, China. C, the United States, or D, Ireland? Per capita. Check. Yeah. Per check. Go per check. capita. Check. Check. Isn't it sad that we all were like, that is correct. definitely <laughs> check? <laughs> because all we think of as sadness. <laughs> the Eastern Bloc. Yeah. And it's all light beer, right? Yeah. Pro- Pilsners, yeah. yeah. Pilsners and... Yeah, totally. Czech Pilsner. Like, totally. That's, to- all that's totally to why. It's all they're drinking is light beer over there. It has nothing to do with sadness. Previous <laughs> wars Communism. and yeah. Beerology. All right. And Moving on, on. Moving on. Malting is Malting. A the stage at which hops are added to the brew. B the final step in the brewing process. C the process that modifies barley. Or D the fer- fermentation stage. Evan, what do you think? That's uh, the malt, uh, the barley, changing barley. What was that, C? C was a process that modifies barley. Yes, yes. I agree with Evan. Yeah, I'll go with what they said. There's no way he's right. C. If, if Evan's wrong on this, I'm no longer drinking his beer. <laughs> <laughs> C. That I've so Correct. much loved. Living a lie. Tim? Oh, sorry. Yeah, do Tim, it's your turn. Beerology. Buzzwords are just... Darker beers get their color from A, barley, 
B brown rice, C hops, D yeast. <laughs> the eye roll was epic. <laughs> I'm gonna say barley. Yeah, barley. Same. Yep. Barley, barley. Brown rice. Yep. All right, Dan. Okay. Pub crawl. No, let's do this one. Like, yeah. Beer 101. Yep. Anheuser-Busch accounts for what percent of the beer consumed in the U.S.? A, 75. B, 50. C, 20. D, 10. When was this card written? Yeah. That matters. <laughs> um, last year. I don't know. You probably know it really. I'm just the question. Doesn't here. matter. I would say... You would, you, what were the, there were, it was 50, 75, it was. 75, 50, 20, 10. Just 50. total consumption of beer. I would say half. Doesn't matter the style. I'd say 20. Anheuser-Busch. Because the big, big beer makes up almost what, 70 some percent? 70 to 80 percent. The craft beer, like craft beer market is only 85. like in the teens. It's 15%, I think. It's growing like crazy, but it's just from such a small base. So. Constellation, you have Miller's. Right, I think it's I think it's like craft beer is like I'll say fifteen percent or less. Yeah, so you have to be a chunk of eighty five percent. I'm gonna go with fifty. That's why that's because yeah. you've got Miller and Tim? Coors. Fifty percent. Yep. The that's massive huge. brewery produces one hundred million barrels a year. Wow. And one out of every five beers drunk by Americans is a Budweiser. Wow. The company that that that's the crazy line right there is. One of a, out of every five beers drunk in American is Budweiser. So that doesn't Budweiser. That's crazy. Is a Budweiser. So wow. a Budweiser. So, so one Bud out Light. of nothing no. owned by Budweiser. Like it's a Bud Budweiser. Budweiser beer. So one of five beers poured is a Budweiser, beer. but one of two beers ever consumed is going to be a a, a-, a- B product. product. Yeah. Wow. But they're that starting is. to um, uh, buy some craft breweries. I believe yep. now too. Oh yeah. Yep. So oh, and yeah. that's that's because they're that because they realize that they're the eighty five percent or whatever it is piece of the pie that that's gonna keep going down. The, they're yeah. they need they're like they're scared of that number. They actually, it's crazy. They're doing very poorly actually. I don't want to. No no. no 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 Tim big beer is Tim yeah. get economical for us. They they are not Tim, sponsoring Tim, our podcast. Tim's an economical please. They just announced earnings last week and they're doing very poorly they had to cut their dividend they're over levered from buying beers stock is not performing very well at all so they're struggling to adapt to the new market they're and they're not like constellations where they don't have spirits which is a bit where people are going there's a lot of younger drinkers are going spirits as well Mm -hmm. yeah that's where the millennials go well and you know part of that is you know joking aside in the super bowl last year a couple years ago they made, you know, their the big thing with Budweiser is their Beechwood, Beechwood age, Beechwood age, yeah. and then they 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 made they had the audacity to make fun of like yeah I saw that some I like that. pumpkin pumpkin ale. pumpkin ale that a company that they had just bought, bought. was their flag Elysium flagship was it Elysium? product I think it was. whatever it was their flagship was product it, they made fun of it it was so, yeah it was something and it was like we don't we don't yeah. do this and it's like you just we bought the company that does that specific product better than anyone. But the average Super Bowl watcher has no idea Correct. that they right. bo- they own both of those. And so Correct. they're sort of poking fun at themselves. But, but also, 
gobbling up both markets. Correct. So they, it's sort of like, oh, what's the phrase? Wag the dog. The tail wags the dog. The tail wags yeah. the dog. That's exactly well, they, what it is. And they do it on all the Bud Light commercials, too, with the guy yeah. asking for the meat. Yeah. <laughs> do they own any meteries? I'm sure to, they do. to the pit of misery. <laughs> is it an autumnal mead? <laughs> and I'm like, cancel that actually, mead. Actually, that sounds pretty good. It's like, actually, yeah. Any, mead I, is as, as, we were, as we were heading into the podcast, and I'm like, does anyone have an autumnal mead? <laughs> sounds delicious. Anybody have any Scrams mead? I'll take one. Drink his last night oh, uh, by himself. No, no, no. Oh God, you, there's no way With you could my do that. sister. No. Yeah. No, Becky and I we cracked it and it was no. Yeah. It's it's almost too sweet to finish a bottle. I had one glass and that was all I could handle. I feel Mark, like Mark, my sister, and Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. Phil, have you ever had Di- a mead? Uh, no. Like a I'll good have, mead. We'll no. share one. We'll have one. Tim, it's I a. Have. I have. I can't say I love them. Yeah. Have you had scrams? No, I haven't. Those are good. Big difference. Yeah. But that even a scrams mead, and it's like what a three seventy five bottle. Yeah. Or three seventy five mls. That even 15%. is something that I would take to Thanksgiving or Christmas and split it with family members. The, the like bottle, everybody. The bottle we had was a seven fifty. Yeah, an ounce or two. We had two a seven fifty bottle, but we we couldn't. Boom. We didn't finish half of it. That's like syrup. So Mark's like, I woke up. Drank the rest of it, <laughs> and here I am today. Needed something to do during that eighteen-hour or eighteen-inning baseball game. So, oh yeah. So Mark's been up for twenty hours now. I went to bed at two o'clock. I was like, I can't. I, no, I went to bed before the eighteenth. Wow. All right. So what's next? On on deck for beers? Yeah. Should we? I think we're getting really warmed up here. That's good. Right, do you want to do? Like, I see a, uh, a regal rye over there. I've got a rare as well. Oh, man. Floating around there. Anyways. All right. So, Evan, tell us what we're drinking here. This is your beer. Uh, this is the Jay Wakefield Brewing. This is out of Miami, Florida. The uh, Big Papa Imperial Stout with coffee, coconut, and vanilla. Label FTW. Us, label us Notorious, and it was all a dream. It Those are the two barrel-aged versions of it this. It was all the dream. Oh, okay, give him, give him the mic. Okay, Edina, Minnesota. I was super ghetto at Edina. Yeah. Tim was on the mound pitching Little League. I love it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> hey, Dad, pull the Bentley around, will you? <laughs> <laughs> My dad has never driven a car in his life. <laughs> <laughs> this is heavy. Mm, do, you, do you get um, the coconut? It's really coffee forward. Yeah, yeah big coffee. Maybe warm a bit. Yeah, it's maybe. No, it could warm a bit. I don't. I don't like it as much as the barrel aged Braxis, of course. I mean, the 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 flavors are very unbalanced. Period. They're just very unbalanced. Where, where a Braxis, it's just like. Just a steady stream of everything. Here it is. Barrel, yep. Yep. How, you know, booze, what, cinnamon. What's the date on chocolate. this? Chocolate. Yeah. I'm sorry. Cacao. Cacao. Evan, what's Bow. the date? What's the date on the big Bow. Bow. Uh That is uh, 2017. You think it like? You th- Could be. Everything else faded off. And the yeah, coffee remained. Maybe? All these, all these beers that are huge, huge, huge um, adjuncts. A lot of these adjuncts just yeah, drink some fresh. of them. Yeah, don't don't make it and. 
you know that that should always be a testament to drink these uh, drink these soon. Barrel aged beers though can really sit. Mm-hmm. Even the even the um, I think even the adjunct ones because they've spent enough time in a barrel, um, they've gotten to the point where they really mellow it out. But here, like you probably have something where the co- the coconut and vanilla have just like faded, 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 and yeah. you're just getting nothing but coffee. Yeah, I mean there there comes a point with all with all the beers. Including the the, the barrel aged ones where they you'll have some flavors fall off. Yeah, I think that that point is like on every on every Goose Island stout. There's a you know conditions in the bottle for five years, and after that it, it begins to fall off a bit. Well, we you get ha- some oxidation. You start to you start to miss some stuff. Yeah. Well, we had the Northwoods um, maybe like a month or so ago, and you remember how how wasn't Cheer, the cherry almond. Wasn't the almond just like way overpowering yeah. when that first came that out was, last yeah, year? Yeah. And it, it was still good, it. but yeah. it's a lot better now because a yeah. lot of that yeah. almond flavor had really kind of mellowed out the and you get a lot pops. more blueberry. Yeah. Yep. So yep. That, that just shows you should just wait on a lot of those. But most of the coffee bourbon counties, the, the coffee fades pretty quickly. So those are good to be drank within the first year of getting them, I think. But. Yeah. Mark brought the, the 2015 rare that usually makes it with every every, every backpack trip, trip he well, makes. Hey guys, let's pop the rare, and somehow we just overlook this because it's. Well, it's it's probably been like it's, this is probably a different one. I think we've probably enjoyed like two or three of these through. How many do you have left? Probably one or two. So this might be you might have one more at home. I've got one at home still. I think I might have two more at home. Tim's got I'm one. Phil, have you ever had rare? Oh, yeah. Phil. In for a treat. In for a big treat. I thought that was you, Phil. So the backstory on the rare, they took a Heaven Hills um, bourbon barrels that held bourbon for 35 years, I believe, yeah. and basically almost like evaporated. Like you, it, it shouldn't stay that long in a barrel. And these barrels were just kind of like gnarly old barrels that they somehow found. Uh, they got into Goose Island's hands. They put their 2013 yep. uh, Bourbon County base into those barrels and let it sit for two years. Well, and, and the it, crazy thing about that, too, is that uh, Heaven Hill had thought they had written those barrels off. Yeah. Didn't they get entirely. lost in, like, the corner they of the... They were lost. They were just like, you know, they were written from their inventory and said, hey, we're, they're just gone. 35 years it's gone. too long, yeah. And they called Goose Island and said, hey, we have these barrels. And they're like, we'll take them. We'll but I think there's a little bit of a spin on the marketing on this, though, because they call it rare and just, like, they kept releasing rare bottles. Like, they had a ton of rare yeah, they did. that they sold in 2016. They did. Yeah. But it was still the I don't 2015. Mind. I, don't, I don't mind, though. You know what, though? They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They've set, like, so many back to ramp it up again the next year and charge just a little bit more because they know this thing's going to sit and last for it's one of the best ones well i mean this yeah. thing came out and it was maybe not as good as og rare i mean how you, do, you, how do you i'm compete? sure you missed that one how do you come <laughs> you always do that but how do you compete with how do you compete with pappy 23 barrel though you can't right no. so like heaven 35 barrel right it's like no this is pretty good right I love this beer. No, it, it's But at the end of the day, like, the term rare is like, it sat, 2013 is a phenomenal vintage to begin with by itself. Yeah, the base. You put it in a yeah. 2000, you, you, I'm sorry, you put it in a 35-year Heaven Hill barrel, 
It's amazing. It's incredible beer. I think it was my Those favorite are, of that year. I think the the rare the rare term comes from the right. fact that that is such a unique barrel. Yeah. Bourbon was never meant to be in a barrel that long, and you've had thirty five years of expansion and contraction and evaporation, and what's I mean, left is like what is saturated into those oak staves on the barrel. Think about this, man. And Do you we, let that Bourbon County base soak that up. We it's, joked we joked earlier about how beginning of the cast were like it's Mark's birthday. He's thirty nine. Yeah, this was this these barrels were yeah. had whiskey in them when you were born. Right. Thirty five that, years ago. You that's know, at the time thirty five so years ago. It's incredible. That's why it's special. so special to Mark. <laughs> special on his birthday. So we're gonna open so this beer at some point open, tonight. We're gonna damn it, we're gonna after open we it. murder this amazing beer that Evan popped. Uh, no, it's incredible. I think this I think Rare's gonna be better than this. I'm I, it's going to be. It's a barrel. It's a barrel thing. It's a it's a barrel thing. Yeah. You can really taste the barrel. <laughs> it's hot. This bourbon's hot. You can really taste it's the heat. There's a lot of oak it's in It's the this. heat. <laughs> uh, the well, things we do to come, like the things that happen when we come to Chicago. It, what happens in Daniel's garage stays in Daniel's garage. I think we need to have a, a beer trivia question right. read by my wife who is listening. Okay, Becky. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, Black Heap. Let's go beerology. All right. Who am I asking this to? Everybody. Okay. Um, so what is the expected shelf life of a bottled or canned beer that has been pasteurized? Is it A, 90 days, B, 120 days, C, 6 to 9 months, or D, 1 year? Are we talking about the beers that are left in Fryer Tuck and Purina? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Snap! I'm going to say uh, 6 to 9 months for pasteurized. Agreed. I'm going to go a year. I'll also go a year. Okay. Actually, you're all incorrect because the answer is B, 120 days. Do you want me to tell you why? Yeah. Yes. Because pasteurization, a procedure that kills bacteria and stops the growth of any yeast that is present, can increase a beer's shelf life up to 120 days. Most non-pasteurized beers have a shelf life of only 60 days. The pasteurizing process usually (laughs) involves spraying the already bottled or canned beer with hot 140 degrees Fahrenheit water for two to three minutes. Hot? 140 degrees? I don't know. That's That's scorching hot. 120 days. Shelf life for... You guys are all wrong. Average beer is... Well... So if you... So... 60 days plus 120 is 180 days. That's six months. Yeah, I got that right. Definitely. So if you go to... If you go to a typical, like liquor store you'll typically see ipas in general we'll just use that as an example they'll be taken off the shelf by the distributor and they'll be replaced by something else they should be they should be should be because because you'll you'll have a serious like you have a serious fall off of the hop and the taste flavor profile um so to evan's joke like at a certain store Somewhere where I grew up and where Evan currently lives, <laughs> it, you, you may not see that happen. But at the at the places you see a lot of turnover, you'll see distributors roll carts in and out yep. of their of their product because they're like, that is no longer what we sold them. Right. We got to get it out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of frustrating for being you know a fan of the craft beer industry when you see places that leave those beers on the shelf and you know someone's walking in and they're maybe just getting into uh, uh, expanding their 
their their their beer and like maybe they're gonna take a chance and be like you know what i'm always the miller light guy but i'm gonna go with this ipa and unfortunately they grabbed a two-year-old ipa off the shelf and it's garbage and they say oh that's bad i'm going back to my my you know miller light there's then there's a huge difference between the two between like and I, i would argue i would argue that you need some time from a like i'm not one that likes an ipa that's like fresh in the bottle green it needs a couple like days too hot it's a couple green. days yeah. a week maybe but like there's a tie like there's there's like from a week to 10 days to a month there's a flavor profile and there's a difference between a month to two months after that it's totally different it's not how it's supposed to taste and it's just a different beer totally falls off well I didn't... If, you, if you have like a from our friends nah, we don't even need to get into the brewery but like you have a, an IPA that falls off entirely. You get no hops. The malt comes through, and it's just a malt bomb, and it doesn't taste like a, how it's supposed to. You, you won't like the beer. It'll turn you off to it. Right. I feel like a ton of people get turned off to the beer they're drinking because of the age of it or how it was cellared or how it was stored and not how it was meant to be tasted. Or how it was served with a dirty glass Correct. and dirty tap. Why do you ask a question uh, and provision regulars? If you get into the mic. Oh, sorry. So what do you think of, like, um, so like I'm a I'm a big Two-Hearted fan, or uh, not as much like a Founder Centennial, but what do you think about just, like, the staple, big, bigger craft, quote-unquote, IPA that, so, like, somebody who, for their life, drank Budweiser, and they're trying to get into craft, and they'll have something like um, Two-Hearted, which I think is a great beer, Amazing. Yeah, and they'll have it, you know, that's three months old, three and a half months old. That beer tastes somewhat similar to when you have it three weeks or four weeks. So what's the difference or how do you define the difference between something that falls off really quickly and something that you can drink that's really good or pretty much the same for a few months? Depends on the brewery. Founders does, and like Founders, Stone, Dogfish Head, uh, they build those beers to have a shelf life. Mm-hmm. To be able to last that long. Bells as well. Yeah, and bells. Like, it is meant to... Sure, like, if you drink it fresh, it might be a little bit more flavorful, but it's not going to fall off too bad. Like, they do a pretty good job of the things that they do. And trust me, the quality control that goes into how they look at the stability of the hops and things like that and the way that they package it, and they, they're able to test, like, oxygenation within the bottle they know that those things are going to be stable on the shelf, and that's why they're able to distribute. That's why they distribute. Dogfish Head is not like moving west because they want to... I mean, yeah, it's all about make, making more money, but they know they have a stable product that can sit on the shelf and make that kind of trip. Now, Bearded Owl, Moore, Noon Whistle, they want you to come to their brewery because they don't have quite that sophisticated of a system and they want you to taste their beer there. They want you to drink it fresh. They want you to drink it soon. And that's probably the model of more smaller craft breweries is they want you in their place. They don't want to put it on the shelves because they have more control over what they put out there because they're not worrying about how long it's been on the shelf at a certain local, you know, beer distributor because, I mean, they employ like what? Probably like five to 10 employees and they can't go to every single place and make sure that their product's up to date, make sure the tap lines are clean at the places that there's like, that's what, um, for example, I talked to Brian, who is the brewer at Industry Imperia. 
and we're going to talk to them on an upcoming podcast, but they uh, were making sure that quality for all the kegs that go out is there. And like, that's important to them. So if they have reports of one that's not tasting right, you know, he's responsive and like, Hey, I'm going to come out there and fix it. And I'm going to bring you a new keg. We're going to take care of it. It doesn't taste right. That's what you have to worry about as a small brewery. But Bell's founders, they don't have to worry about that because their products are so tight and their distribution yeah. distributors watch it so much that it's going to be okay. Well, even on, even on a larger scale, like we've talked about this brewery on multiple, multiple podcasts, but Treehouse, for example, out way out east in Boston, where that's a that's one that I mean, I, I personally believe that's one you need to drink in a month with or 60 days yeah. at a minimum. Right. Whereas sure. like to Tim's point, like Tim asked about two hearted and specifically like that, that beer. I've talked about this a couple of times on the, on our cast, like that beer holds a special place in my heart. Cause I can find that anywhere in the tri-state area, which is important to me because when you go to Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, easy to get to quickly, that beer is super consistent, easy to find. And it's going to, it's going to taste the same every single time. Whereas like I've given treehouse beers to friends of mine and they're like, you know, they'll send me a message a month later and they're like, thanks so much for the room. I'm like, what are you doing? That is not like, yeah. I wanted you to drink that this week. Yeah. Right. Whereas like, you know, even, you know, you mentioned bearded owl, which like we love, obviously industry. We love treehouse. Like these are smaller scale businesses, but like, even as they Treehouse scale, is a smaller no, I mean, but, but no, well, compared, compared to Bell, as you scale, right? Like, yeah, on a scale of business, like it's much smaller than Bell's is. But like, you talk about consistency of a product, like, so Tim's original question, like, I'm about that beer all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you talk about, like, we've had some amazing beers on a one-off, and we're we're able to acquire certain beers at certain times because of like availability or we've, but like there are certain beers where I'm like, I don't need to go chase that beer because I can go get Pipeworks Ninja versus Unicorn on the reg, on the shelf. Yeah. 10 bucks. Yep. That's 12 not bucks. sitting on the shelves in any of these stores. That's no. moving, right? I mean, it's, and it moves in and out, right? It's not like, it's not like I can look and I do do this, right? Where I'm like, yeah. what's the shelf life of this? And if I look and I'm like, Oh man, this was three months ago. This is dirt. If I look and I go, this is a week ago. Boom. This is delicious. Boom. I'm gonna buy it right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's gotten me to the point where I'm like, I don't gotta pay the premium to go to Treehouse. Which, by the way, before we go on our golf trip, which our trophy is sitting prominently in the corner that. over there, I do it every year where I pay a premium for beer for Treehouse with our yeah. friend Tim Casey, Jimothy, Jimothy Casey, excuse me. But if I if I couldn't do that, I'd be like, I'm gonna go buy myself some Chicago shelf beers that are fresh. That now you go all the time. You like this? Move. It's amazing. There's Peach, definitely peaceful, easy feeling. There's definitely like. I What's think it, like, is that? Is that a is that a uh, is that a reference to a Eagle song? I don't know. Peaceful, easy feeling. I think it's an Eagle song. Okay. I don't know, anyway, Just my go ahead, Mark. Get the, get the big boy mic right in front of you, big boy. But definitely the, the style, I think, plays a lot in it, too, because a lot of what you're talking about tends to be more of the, what I would call like a, a Midwest or, or definitely a West Coast style IPA versus that New England style. I mean, those are, they've got to be fresh. 
they just fall off way too quick. Well, for example, um, I got so we're we just cracked the peachful easy feeling from Bearded Owl, which is in Peoria. It's a peach sour with nutmeg. Yes. Um, I think it's supposed to be like a kind of a fall peach cobbler kind of a, a flavor, but a sour. Did you bring any of the snack sticks? I didn't are? have any snack sticks. So they did this in collaboration with a Thrushwood Farms, which is out of like Galesburg. Galesburg. Yeah. But the, this this place made a snack stick along with the <laughs> beer. That was to pair with like the a beer. meat a meat stick. Yeah. Um, we didn't. We did. I guess we did a podcast to go along with our collaboration brew, which is what we do. But I had a crowler of our beer that we made there. That was probably a couple weeks old, and it wasn't as good. And that was my fault because I let it sit in my refrigerator for a couple weeks before I popped it. But that just shows you how shelf product and shelf life of like a very small brewery, which Bearded Owl is. Because if you go have that on tap in Peoria, it is fantastic. I'm not well, biased. I'm not biased or anything. No, I mean they know that too, right? We we did a we did a podcast at their location, and they said. Our dream right now is to open a second location, and it's to get people in our doors. That's good. To sit here and have a couple beers, have some food, and leave happy. When you have this vision of growing to the point where you're like, I'm sending cans or bottles you out. You don't know how long it's going to sit on a shelf. You, you, I mean, quality, quality control becomes <laughs> Captain a Tony. huge issue, right? I still saw or that. Like, this week, this week I saw it. Isn't that unbelievable? Captain, Captain Tony's Captain on the Tony's shelf. IPA and this is a Peoria Brewing Company, right? That went out of business over was two years ago. Two years ago, still yeah. on the an shelf. IPA still on the shelf a, somewhere at a undisclosed location in Peoria. This isn't quite as bad, but I had a similar experience with a big brewery, Surly, Surly, Surly. on the shelf at a local grocery store, and I, I was like, it was on sale, and I saw it, and I was like. That's a great deal for so yeah. curious. And I looked at the bottom. It was a year old, Surly. Yeah. And that's, well, your, that's and your example, too. It's, 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 like, ah, it's disappointing. Surly. I'll, I'll go try it. It's disappointing. Well, and, and, you know, the sad thing is about, you know, when you get to this point where we are, and begrudgingly we're kind of at this point where you're like, you drink a beer and you're like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Whereas most people are like, oh, this is delicious. But then you get to the point where you're like, I would never serve that to someone. Yeah. Like even at a party, like you're like, this is two years old or this is 18 months old or whatever it is. The profile just isn't what it should be. I should have brought that. Uh, Do you have the mother of all storms still here, oh, here by the way? Somewhere probably. <laughs> I can smell it. I don't know where it is. You recap that. So it should be okay. I should have brought that uh, one's enough from revolution that I found in the back of my fridge for Tim. The date said 2015. Ooh. It just so, basically so turns a malt to a bomb from the beginning, yeah. and three years old. Do they make that beer? That's anymore? yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they do. I'm gonna sneak that in. Those, ba- I mean, those basically. I mean, you talk about a, uh, you know, Dogfish Head makes all those, you know, IPAs like 120 minute IPA that they say you can age it, but it basically just turns into a barley wine. Yeah. Like it's basically meant to turn into almost a barley wine because most of the hops just fade, and that's kind of. I think the way Sam kind of envisions that, at least that's what I think, because that's what it tastes like. Yeah. Yeah. Are we ready for another round of trivia? I think we'll do a little trivia. more. Trivia. Hold on, Phil. Yeah. You're sitting quietly. Phil. 
He's like all this beer. I just talk didn't is... know that. I, I I assumed that beer stayed good forever. No, and you could just drink it. So here's the thing. Here, here's here's what I here's what I sort of like think about. I'm like, have I got the beer for you? <laughs> so here, here's what I thought about as we're bringing Phil into the cast, right? I'm like, he's a guy like good buddy of mine. Hang out a lot. Watch. I think we're one and one watching Bears games together. Two and one, two. We've won two. We're two and zero. Two and one. Two and one. Two and one. Crap the bed and one. Whatever. So, I'm like, should I invite this guy over and inv- invite him into my just super circle of trust? He's he's in the circle of trust for sure. I'm like, I'm like, so I'm like, what do you what do you think? So like this this is our brewery, bearded owl. We did the collaboration beer with these guys. Did you have that, Phil? So that did you was, drink the collaboration? This is did, not the collaboration. Say it. It's the same. No, you had this can. one. I didn't. No, you had this one. You had this one uh, last uh, against the uh, the Bears Patriots yeah. last week. You mean this the melon the, the melon IPA? Beach? Did we just become best friends? That so this is a different this beer. This is a crowler, yeah, a different beer. Crowler. Yeah. So they they put their they a put canned our growler in this this gigantic. Right. It looks can. the same for everyone. They. What'd you think? think? The one you gave me was really good. Yeah. yeah. So this I drank is, the whole thing. Even though the Bears lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like a twelve ounce can in your hand. Right. <laughs> Here, Mark, put this in, in your Mark's hand. This will look like, like a 12-ounce like can. a four-ounce can in Mark's hand. So I, I read once, remember how big Foster, we thought Foster's cans used to be? Right. Foster's, Foster's cans are smaller than this. Foster's cans were like a proper pint. They're like 16.9 ounces, so, I think. So I'll tell you this. As we, were, as, we were, as we were approaching the episode, I'm like, my buddy Phil, next door neighbor, he's coming over. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to ruin beer for this yeah. guy. <laughs> we're going to do it. No, because... He's a guy that like my he's a guy that like we smoke like we'll stand on my deck, smoke some meat, drink whatever beers in our hand. It's oftentimes a Miller Light, Bud Light, whatever it is. Uh, he's gonna look now. He's gonna be like, when did this Bud Light get made? <laughs> yeah. Now I have to turn over every beer I've ever drank. Did I did I ruin beer nah. for this guy? No, nah, it's, as, it's cool. as, if I if I if I ended his life. So I you know grew up or grew up but mostly drank domestics, but then. Thought I was getting into craft beer, but drinking IPAs. But little did I know there was about you know five million other beers and styles and tastes that I never really experienced. So it's cool just to hear you guys talk and you know see what else. Down the rabbit hole you yeah. go. <laughs> so the what hole. Phil just said was, I've ruined beer for him <laughs> entirely. <laughs> he's cooked. He's gonna every time I bring a beer now, he's gonna be like. Yeah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to make myself That's a Bloody That's a 10-day-old IPA. <laughs> I'll make a Bloody Mary. Switching to wine. All right. Yeah, I'll should we, Let's do one round of questions, and we probably should okay. wrap it up because... A um, round? Four questions? A round of okay. questions. Tim's going to do a pub crawl. Everyone gets to do one for yeah. everyone else. Hand me a card. All right, guys. In terms of alcohol content, which is the strongest beer in the world? Oh. Dogfish Head, Worldwide Stout, Pete's Wicked Ale, Sam Adams Utopia, Bush de Noel. I Uto- think it's got to be Utopia. Utopia is a barley wine. Well, I think it's kind of uncategorizable. Phil? What do you got? I was trying to figure out which question I wanted to read. I was listening. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I would have said, so it's it's Dogfish Head Worldwide Stout, which is 20, 
one. It's, let's just say it's twenty. Pete's ut- or Utopia is Sam. Sam it's in the upper twenties. Pete's Wicked is like is like fifty. What? It's, Pete's it's, Wicked it's, Ale? It's like taking. It's high. Well, is it the highest? It's Pete's. The highest ABV. So, right, it's questions? Pete's. Should I reread this? Yeah. All right. So Dogfish Head is A. Pete's Wicked Ale is B. Dogfish Head. Okay, hold on. Pete's Dogfish Wicked Head ale. worldwide stout, right? Yes. Is like. 21. Okay, so 21. Yeah. Okay. Pete's Wicked Ale. That's the answer. Stop Same it. Man. Same here. I think that's the answer. What was the, what was the fourth one? Bush, Bush de Noel. That's the one that's got me worried. Bush de Noel? Is that like every ounce of alcohol they've... Yeah, I mean, Bush de... That was the... Cri- the what if they're like... This is every drop of alcohol. That was the Christmas... fermented. That was the Christmas version of Bush. Bush. Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go with Pete's. I'm gonna go Utopia's because Pete's wicked ale. You're right. Utopia's. Pete's wicked ale is not. No, yeah. So does it say the percentage? There is. So it says Sam Adams is uh, comes in at a whopping 25 percent. I was gonna say mid 20s. Other are far behind. Dogfish Head is probably the strongest dark beer at 18 percent. Pete's wicked ale. You're you're thinking of the wrong beer. I am. Christmas beer from Belgium with a quite high alcohol volume of 12. Pizza's 5.3. You're oh, what is going on? Why did stop reading the question. Yeah. It's pizza. Stop. All right. Next I must question. Have, I must add like five pizzas at one time. You are fake news. <laughs> Once prohibition ended, what year was home brewing uh, for beer legalized in the United States? Well, good question. A. 1938. B. 1958. C, 1968. When was Prohibition? I should know this. I'm going to say 19... 20s. What was this? 20s or 30s? 20s. What was D? 78? Yeah. 38, 58, 68, 78. 78. I'm going to go 58. I think there's a big disparity in this. Legalized? Yeah, home brewing. 78. Home brewing. When could you start home brewing? Ooh, I might go 70s in the 78. 78. 78. 68. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78. 78
language origin? Zymergy. Zymergy. Can you repeat the question, please? Zymergy refers to. Just guess. D. D. Yeah. Yeah, it's D, the study of fermentation. Thanks. Thanks, Evan. Nerd. Let me think. No, not true or false. No, not true or false. We can see the answer. No. These are dozens. Pick a different category. Okay, here we go. The term bung, when used as a noun, so don't ask entomology questions, refers to A, a skunky beer. B, a chipped beer mug. Nope. C, a beer tender in Australia. Or D, a stopper in a barrel. D, stopper. D. Even I, knew that I didn't even need the D. That is not that. correct. What? No it is way. D. <laughs> Check the bunghole. A bung stopper hole. in a barrel. Gotta, it's a bunghole. Yeah, it's, it's stops a bung the bunghole. Yeah, stops bung the bunghole. Well, on that note. All right. All right. I suppose we should sign off because by this point, if you're still listening, um, God bless you. Um, and then hopefully you'll crack another beer. So cheers to all the beers we had. Cheers. Uh, cheers to Phil and Tim joining us. Thanks, and, guys. And uh, thanks for hosting. Sorry I ruined beer for you, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Cheers, guys.